Hello and welcome to Frameline. I am Barbara Gosofsky. I'm here with my favorite critic and co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. You didn't wish me happy International Women's Day. Almost. It's almost. Okay. I'll wish it to you tomorrow. <laughs> official day. You're off the hook. But anyway, because it is tomorrow, we're going to tell you about an event that's going on. There's lots of films by female filmmakers that are being shown across the city. So that's very exciting. But the Italian Contemporary Film Festival is presenting an annual event that's dedicated to International Women's Day. That's the whole point of it, and that's the whole celebration. That's what it's all about. And we have a guest today from there, Anna Elise Allegretti, and she's going to talk to us all about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I must say first that the event is called Call the Shots, Female Power Through Film. It's happening at the Lightbox. And so you can, you know, you can get tickets there. Or you can go to icff.ca. That's right. And I also want to mention that um, since we do try to inspire and empower women, of course, um, this year we are offering all women 30 uh, and under their tickets for free, as well as any students, male or female, from University of Toronto, um, George Brown College, and Guelph Humber, because these schools are very dedicated partners of the ICFF. So all students from those schools, as well as all women 30 and under, will enter for free. But tickets are still available, yes. Excellent. Now that sounds like a good deal. Okay, so there's going to be a 30-minute panel discussion featuring some of the top women uh, and celebrating their success in the film industry. And there's also going to be a screening of Marco Tullio Giordana's The Name of a Woman. So let's start with the panel. So the panel is uh, made up of four very successful women who have uh, made their mark in sectors of the film industry that are very commonly um, male-dominated. So the roles in these positions uh, typically are held by men. And I think that's something that is true of most of the film industry, with the exception of actresses. Um, So they really are trailblazers and women who act as examples to other females from um, younger generations and the generations to come who wish to break into these industries. So we've uh, invited, uh, like I said, four people. Uh, I'll tell you who they are. Okay. Uh, most of them are Italian-Canadian, but... Uh, well, that makes sense, <laughs> <laughs> considering it's the Italian-Canadian yes, film. Of course, we are, we are celebrating uh, all women, especially women in film this year. So we are very, very lucky to have with us um, Patricia Kucha, who is a set decorator. Uh, we also will have Christina Piovesan, who is a producer of film and television. Um, a very famous Canadian actress, Jennifer Dale. And uh, this year, also, Jane Schodel will be joining us. She's the international programmer for um, TIFF. And she's also had a very uh, a very successful um, career with, uh, with TIFF, which is, which is such a, a landmark for Torontonians, I think. So we're very Absolutely. excited to have her as yeah, well. She's one of the best, best programmers they've had. Yeah. So we're very excited. And... Um, I think they're going to have a lot to offer to uh, our audience. and Such and a range of experience, right? That's right. That's yeah. Right. I think that that will make for a rich conversation. And will audiences have um, a chance to participate in the panel? 
Unfortunately, no, because okay. the uh, screening will take place right after the panel discussion. Um, we do try to keep it to that 30 to 40 minutes. Um, so we, we have two moderators. Our artistic director, Cristiano Di Florentis, will be moderating along with um, our coordinator of cultural events, uh, Tonya Serrao Pelsa. So the two of them will be asking, uh, I think, very pointed questions. And I, I, I think they're uh, questions that our audience will be very intrigued to hear um, the answers from our panelists. So uh, I think it's going to make for a great evening. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about, you said that the panel was going to happen before the film. Can you right. talk a bit about why this particular film was, was chosen? So this film um, is directed by a very... Uh, a very decorated Italian director, Marco Tullio Giordana, as you mentioned. Um, and it stars uh, Christi- uh, Cristina Capotondi, excuse me, who is um, not only a very well-known actress in Italy, but uh, someone who has um, who has been an activist and a, a promoter of women's rights throughout her career. And she does a stunning job of uh, portraying the lead character in this film who um, struggles with... Uh, abuse in the workplace, uh, and although that is not the theme of our event, it is certainly um, a very poignant part of the conversation when we talk about uh, women's rights and gender equality. Um, so that's something that we're trying to bring to light uh, through this event. Uh, it's a fabulous film. I don't want to give too much away, but I really do encourage um, your listeners to to check it out. It's it is screened with English subtitles. All of our films are, so don't be scared <laughs> if you don't speak Italian. And uh, and her performance is beautiful. It yeah. really is, it, and uh, strong, and impassioned, and and really inspiring mm-hmm. on the story itself too. And I think a a really important part of the film is how so many of these women ultimately came together to support each other to to achieve um, what they wanted to. And that's another kind of aspect of what we're trying to achieve with the panelists is um, not only to celebrate their successes and to sort of uh, give them an opportunity to hopefully inspire some of our audience, but also to create something of a network among women who are already in the film industry and that can lay some of the groundwork for future generations of females getting into the industry because as they continue to support each other, their success will only be greater. Absolutely. And that's something we really want to encourage. Very inspiring. Sorry, I was going to just just piggyback off of that, especially in regards to the film that you're showing. Mm -hmm. And you talked about the the women banding together. I also like that it it promotes speaking up against... abuse or any type of harassment that's right and often when we're talking about female empowerment especially in cinema there are a lot of women who are forced via the industry or particular people in the industry to to keep quiet and not have their voice whether it be artistic or activist voice um speak up so do you do you think that this film will help inspire their viewers to to speak up and be more assertive, especially when it comes to identifying, let's say, wrongdoings, whether it be cinema or in any other type of industry? Certainly. I think there are uh, power struggles in in any industry, and um, I hope this film will act as inspiration, certainly, to to women and really anyone who's starting out in a career and um, feels that they have been taken advantage of. I think it can definitely offer offer some inspiration. 
Yeah, it's a great insight into the Me Too movement as well. I mean, it wasn't created at the time of the Me Too movement. The, mm-hmm. the idea, I believe, was conceived before that. But it's a perfect example of how exactly what happened during Me Too was when everybody banded together. Your your voice alone and your cir- circumstances alone uh, can make you feel isolated, like you have no power, like you have no strength. And yet the film, through through the story, through what happens, through through this performance, shows the kind of possibilities and hope that that must happen and will happen and will carry on. Absolutely. I think um, it serves as a commentary on on a very important aspect of women's rights today. Um, but there are so many there are so many other topics that uh, also need to be addressed. And uh, so each year, Call the Shots tackles a different theme. Um, this year, we're talking about women in film, and this film also speaks to a very, um, a very timely issue in 2019. Um, but like I said, the uh, the the program itself does tackle different women's issues every year, and uh, I, I'll mention that last year we celebrated women who were uh, Italian-American women, immigrant women who had been very successful in business, women who had uh, had great success in their entrepreneurial endeavors, and they offered a completely different kind of inspiration to young women. So uh, we hope to continue this program each year and um, continue to tackle different issues that affect women and affect gender parity. So even even though it's um, within the framework of the film festival that's putting this on, it's mm-hmm. actually more widespread than that it, it's op- it's it's really hitting a lot of different sections of the public that's right mm-hmm. that's right I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background call the shots is a program that um, was born last year it was uh, started by one of the founding members of the organization Mara Cataldi and she uh, really wanted to bring together um, two of our sp- Programs. There's many special programs that ICFF uh, puts on throughout the year in addition to the June Festival. And one of them is a monthly screening um, where we show a different Italian film uh, each month, once in Toronto and once in Vaughan. And so in the month of March, she decided to sort of bring together the theme of International Women's Day uh, and use film and the moving image as a way to uh, bring women together and inspire them through their different struggles, through their different challenges, and also to celebrate so much of their success. Great. I think, yeah, the panel, I think, is going to be really interesting. That's going to be something um, to see. Absolutely. Yeah, this year with with the successes that these women have had, and and yet the sto- we get to hear the stories of their journeys, their experiences, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very insightful and give a lot of hope. I like the fact that you're giving uh, free tickets to <laughs> younger people. Yes, absolutely. I love that because that's where, you know, that's where a lot of learning and a lot of taking in of this information is going to happen. And we're seeing so many uh, more young people attending the festival as well. There's There's been um, so much great feedback from the next generation of uh, cinema lovers. So we're we're really excited about tomorrow night. 
Excellent. Okay. So thank you very much. We've been speaking with Anne-Elise Allegretti. She is from the ICFF, Italian Contemporary Film Festival, and they're presenting an event tomorrow. That's Friday, March the 8th. It's happening at the Lightbox. It's called Call the Shots, Female Power Through Film. You can hear, you can listen to a panel discussion. Uh, It's only 30 minutes long, but it's going to be intense with all these. (laughs) In a good way. Yeah, intense in a really great way. It's going to be inspiring. Uh, It's going to give you a lot of ideas and hope. And uh, so uh, the the women participating in that, they're all from a variety of backgrounds within the film industry with uh, a whole sort of ideas. And a lot of them I know, you know, have a great sense of humor. (laughs) They're (laughs) great public speakers. So this is not going to be boring at all. Like it's going to be just a crazy event. Crazy in a good way. Absolutely. And and then you get to see a film. So information, go to icff.ca and... Courtney and I will be back in just a minute. Okay, you're back on Frameline. Did I mention that you're listening to us on iHeartRadio? I should have mentioned that. But you know you are because you are. And if you're not, you should. Yeah, if you're not get away from get away from the radio station and go to iHeart. <laughs> anyway, there's lots lots to do. I think you know you can tell Courtney and I are in a good mood. A lot of good films going on, and and we don't have to go out into the deep freeze to see them. That is true. <laughs> cinema always keeps you warm. Yeah, even well, even when yeah, you go out in the deep freeze, you get in that cinema. And it's like whoo, it's nice in here. So. Speaking of cinemas, uh, something else opens tomorrow, March the 8th. This one opens at Hot Docs Ted Rogers Cinema, and it's the latest by Charles Officer. And you guys should really be ex- excited because I absolutely adored this film. I think this is a must-see for everyone who has a spark of humanity in them. Uh, it's called Invisible Essence, The Little Prince. So it is, in fact... A documentary that meditates on meditates on and reflects on the actual book. Oh, okay. The Little Prince. They've made like TV shows based on it. And I think there was a, a film recently that Netflix had produced um, based on like a children's film. So mm-hmm. it's a very very popular tale. Mm-hmm. And what Charles expertly does is he takes everything he can find. Takes old. There's an old film, like a live action film. Mm-hmm. There's an old the animation film. There are scholars, academics. There are people, philosophers from today, from yesterday. There's old, there's old footage of people. There's Saint um, Exupéry's own uh, fam- family history. So there's old footage, there's old photographs, and goes through the writer's own history. It weaves that together with a telling of the story. And it's through, he uses a, a modern-day little prince. Oh, and really? that little prince is a blind boy learning how to read it in, in, in Braille. Braille. Oh, wow. And... So there's these these all these storylines. There's a storyline of the the writer's own life. There's these the pieces of footage from other other adaptations of it. Um, 
and and there's there's ruminations and there's just like the moments of sheer the most beautifully poetic visuals where nobody's talking but that's because of what was said before and what's going to ha- be said after um so the the emotion the emotion car- is there the the motion the emotion the philosophy the sense the sense of the actual story it's a fable and it and somehow through mixing all these disparate elements uh charles officer is able to make those magic moments feel real to to bring the magic of the book to life at least in the 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 eyes and the being of the viewer like i felt like i was actively part of this he wasn't spoon feeding me but i was actively taking it in and i was having it felt to me like it was a completely unique like it was speaking to me and I know that's not true. I knew it is. You know, it's like don't be a sap. You no, don't but that's be, that's like, the sign of a of a good filmmaker, right? And his his films always find a way to speak to the audience on a level that respects the audience's intelligence. Yes, absolutely. And this does it in the most incredible way. And because it's it's the story is a fable, and it's a meeting of an adult and a child. There's always been these theories about well, what is it actually. You know, is it about uh, an adult meeting meeting his ch- his childhood self? Is it about Saint Exupéry himself? Is it about you know this sort of philosophy of life? Is it existentialism? Is it well in 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 Officer's documentary Invisible Essence? It's all of the above, and I think in the end, what's going to ring true to you is what is actually closest to what you yourself are. Like, I feel like I took away a very personal, very logical, mm-hmm. you know, if I went into all the details and ruined the film for you, then, then uh, that would be a very logical uh, reading of the film. Yeah. I could do that. Um, but I don't want to ruin that for everybody. But I, And you could have a completely different angle at it. And I can't wait till you see it. Yeah, it sounds like it's very multi-layered. It's so it, it's so, and and it still has that because the, the main part of the the actual story is of the little prince is what is essential is invisible to the eye. Oh wow! And the film is true to that. It's, it is the most f- proper exam not it's the most proper proper i can't even say statement because mm-hmm. it's, it's like the statement is too much too strong of a word yeah it's just expression it is the most proper i won't use proper it, it <laughs> is the most incredible expression in using visuals and and sound and and all the the tools at his you know disposal is the most in, uh, incredible expression of the concept of what is essential is invisible to the eye. Oh, that's, uh, that sounds powerful. Absolute must-see. Look forward uh, to seeing know, that one. This, this is one. And I really, really would recommend seeing this on the big screen because the visuals, poetic as they are and lyrical and, and gentle and delicate – the film is delicate yet deep. Like I just keep wanting, like using these descriptors, 
as much as it is all of that, it's it's best expressed on a large screen mm-hmm. so that it completely overwhelms you. It takes you over. But it's not going to overwhelm you in a bad way. It's going to be very gentle and very comforting. Just like the book that it's uh, yeah. inspired by. Even, wow. even though the book ends on a very bizarre note that, you know, mm-hmm. people still argue how to read that. Is that a good or is that a bad thing? Watching the film is nothing but good. Nothing but good. Highly, I, I'm already thinking it's like this is going to be my favorite, not only for this year, but I think for a long, long time. Oh, that's great. As long as I live, I'm declaring it. So that's Charles Officer's latest documentary, Invisible Essence, The Little Prince. And it's on starting tomorrow, March 8th at the Hot Doc Cinema. So there's a film you and I both saw that I was quite impressed with. It's called Three Faces. It it did uh, show at the past TIFF, TIFF yes. 18. It's called Three Faces, and it's by master filmmaker Jafar Panahi. And this the fourth film he's made since he was banned by the government of Iran from making films. This is the fourth. Yeah, and this one seems to be his... Um, I, I know he's he's making these films... Well, I guess technically illegally since he's he's banned, but I know with Taxi, the the one just before this film, mm-hmm. he was confined to filming within a cab. Whereas this one, he's out in the open, just kind of walking. Where around. is he out in the open? Well, that Here's is true. Story. There is there is a remote aspect to That's the film. Right. Um, to provide a little context, the film starts off with a a video about this young teenage girl who is lamenting that. You know, she wants to be an actress, but her parents want her to be to grow up to be basically a, a traditional wife and and mother. Right. This is out in rural the rural parts of the country, mm-hmm. and she sends this message that I guess gets to um, Panahi and who's playing a version of himself in this film. And in the the video, she's actually making a request to the actress um, Benaz Jafari. Uh, and hoping that Jafari will be the one to come in and help her. But the the video ends on a very disturbing note. So it's enough to spark intrigue. In, it really disturbs the actress. Yeah. Um, ben has, she's she's very upset. And it's the real-life actress, this, this popular Iranian actress, um, playing herself, and Jafar is playing himself. Mm-hmm. And the two of them go on a road trip. So it's this this meandering road trip, but they have a purpose in mind. But as they go along, they they go through all these these remote villages and 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 go through all these customs and and meet a lot of um, really interesting in, yeah, people really. to the point where the mystery almost becomes secondary. Like I think the mystery essentially drops by the middle of the film, and it kind of goes on different directions. But the greater themes of um, you know how the value of art and actresses. The there's a lot of talk of tradition, especially in these rural areas. Mm-hmm. They they want things to be done a certain way, and this young girl is more modern in her thought. And the fact that she wants to be an actress is a rebuking of a lot of those traditions. And and it's a, it's a shameful thing for her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also it's really interesting. 
because even before you know what happens, like when when they go to investigate what's behind this video, and is it true? Uh, they there's still there's still this interaction of this very modern woman, Benaz, right? And she like of course Jafar he, he's fine. The men come along. It's always the men. And the men of the village are coming up to him, and the men of the village are inviting him back to his house, where the wife will, you know, prepare food and whatever. But it's the men, and the men are, what do you want? And, oh, this is the custom for doing this in this part of the region, and it's men, men, men. And meanwhile, they're not, sometimes they acknowledge Benaz, and sometimes, and then they learn she's an actress, so there's a sort of diff, or they recognize her. This sort of distance, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not really going to deal with you, but I can't disrespect you because you're famous. Yeah, to to, to a certain extent, the, the the fame allows them to move around the different parts of the the village or the villages that they they travel. But you're right they they do go to Panahi for most of the stuff. Like, there's a scene where. Um, Benaz is talking to an elderly man because he wants to tell her something in private, something of great significance to him. But you find out in a somewhat comical way in terms of like what he actually is talking about, but he wants her to relay the message to Panahi. He wants Panahi to do this important symbolic thing for him. Right. You know, when they go back and it, 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 it's like he can't he, he can't find Panahi. So it's mm-hmm. like, OK, well, you'll do here. You do. You take this and you tell him this and tell him to do this. Yeah. And there's also a really interesting commentary on the nature of, of gender and violence mm-hmm. and, and how for the the girl who is in the video, when you meet her family, you know, they talk about being dishonored and um there's just there's a lot of violent talk and even when they're trying to find the body if if the body is even there Mm -hmm. um people in the village and surrounding villages don't seem to care that much in terms of like what if anything happens to her Mm -hmm. you know to them it's just like well whatever good riddance you know she was a pain in the butt talking her her uh, modern stuff and it's 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 quite interesting how the film tackles that and even though that is you know some heavy subject matter the film has a lot of humor in it, and it there's, does. there's a lot of humor that, in moments that you don't expect. So you think it's going to be a heavy film, but it actually, if I could use the term, feels light. Yeah, <laughs> like it just kind of flows by. At times, though, yeah. yeah, because it, it's shifting, mm-hmm. right? And I, 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 um, I find that it, like it's, it is a really surprising travelogue as in that regard, in in the meandering way, and in the way that these things come as surprises, but. They're not. They don't act like this is a big hassle. Like the two travelers, they they don't act like oh god, we have to like talk to these people. They act like okay, let's go along with this, and then that's where some of the humor comes. And then even, and but yet they they have this mystery that they somehow go back to, which is as you say forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and then the the other thing that struck me was. The fact that the film every once in a while does acknowledge that they're playing the real selves, but there's no doubt that this is a fictional version film. Yeah. yeah, and and so and Panahi is he really loves to to play 
in the in the area between documentary and fiction. You know, to him, there's no clear line, and in, and to him, he's going to explore that line, and by exploring it, he makes it seem bigger, mm-hmm. and that you can jump in and out, and and even what happens in the end, and it, and what happens is you know, with these. Their journey is you realize how how much there's a difference, a divide between tradition and modernity, between mm-hmm. the people that live in the city even versus the people that live in the rural areas where they keep tradition. It's very important. It, you know, there's talk of, of, well, where would we be without tradition? There, You can't live without rules. Yeah, it's a, a society that does, doesn't see evolution the same way that people like Panahi mm-hmm. and Bainaz do in terms of, um, you know, you can find value in art. You can learn things from from taking risk, whereas they're like, no, things, what is valuable is stuff that are related to tradition. Mm-hmm. Like the, the old man that we talked to, uh, talked about his, the quest that he has for Panahi to him, that is far more important and more valuable because it has spiritual ramifications to other people than a young girl trying to be an actress. Yeah, there's no there's no monetary value, even though you think that well, there's no monetary value in that particular myth that that guy follows. But in that village, they would look at him and say, "Well, no, his his task is important. Her yeah. task is <laughs> is foolishness, right?" And it's 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 crazy, but I, I don't think that Panahi. In showing the divide, he doesn't necessarily insult or make fun of the the people no, in the rural community. All. It's just he's kind of showing this is the divide, and it will take a long time to to bridge. Mm-hmm. But also in showing that divide, he he sort of uh, it reinforces to him like what he's doing. Yeah, and his it, his us, his circumstance right now is his, a lot of that. Yes, but it also shows. Um, you know, they do go on this quest. They don't know what they're going to encounter. And the whole quest is driven, it, well, okay, it's driven by the very real reality that somebody may have actually hurt themselves or killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it plays out, it's it's showing a respect. F- and uh, it's showing the importance of this this community of artistic souls, these kindred spirits who, whether they find each other or not, when they find each other, when they find themselves in certain circumstances, the importance of at least your own kindred spirits understanding you and believing you and taking you seriously. That it's an artistic statement like that, mm-hmm. you know? So much in this film. It's yeah. genius. So this one's going to start at the Lightbox as well tomorrow on... March the 8th. So March the 8th is a busy day. It's a very, <laughs> very busy day. Well, also, if I could add, uh, on top of that, there are films in the light box showing that are, there's about four films all showing that are made by female directors. So if you want to spend Women's Day uh, watching the, the, the fruits of the labor of four incredibly talented women and and hear their statements watch you know watch their voices in action then the, the light box is a great place to be 
on top of all the things that we've talked about opening and the one thing that that I do want to to mention is that it's the opening tomorrow's uh one of tomorrow's films is the opening of a retrospective called Objects of Desire the Cinema of Claire Denis and uh, you know I'll I'll keep bringing this up because uh, Claire Denis I think is a very um She's she's a very important film for our times, and I think she's a great artist because of the fact that it's so hard to categorize her. And that's uh, to me, that I find the most fascinating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I do, because as much as we can say about great artists who, who are auteurs and you always know that's a so-and-so film, there's a, something else also that's exciting when you can tell it's a, it's a Claire Denis film, but you can't put a label or put a handle on why like not in very specific categorical terms you can't define it that way and it's opening with one of my favorite films ever it's one of the the best films of the 90s and it's one of the best films of 1999 a year that tiff had just focused yeah and i had a lot of good films that year and yeah, and this is one of the, mm-hmm. this may be the best. I might argue that this Beautravail, Beautravail by Claire Denis, may be the best film of 1999. So th- I, that's how good it is. It's um, it's a story of a man and uh, a soldier. It takes place in the Foreign Legion and this troop of soldiers, and the dynamic that happens between uh, um, one of the soldiers, uh, a career soldier, and his boss. And then someone new, a new soldier who comes in, and uh, the career soldier, you know, his his loyalty to his boss, and then the the sort of rivalry that he suddenly feels. It's almost instant and illogical oh, okay. that he feels towards this this young man, and it, it it does seem almost illogical the loyalty he feels to like you start at first you you think that. Well, that's because you're somehow being in the Foreign Legion, being in the Army, you're built that way or you wouldn't be in there. That's why you have this strong affinity for your leader. But it's it's too complicated in the film to make that really cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And so and w- in, within these interactions, there starts to be this clear picture clear but again not you can't put your finger on it yeah. it's this examination of masculinity like high high dose high intense masculinity i'm not that uh, it could borderline toxic but it's just intense mm-hmm. masculinity and the sort of what some people would argue feelings that run counter which is the fascination the nature of his fascination with each of the men and the hatred for the rival and how deep that hatred goes. And is that really a line between love and hate? You've you mm-hmm. got to see this play out. It's so intense. That is interesting. I've, I've seen a few of her films, but that's not one I have. So wow. I'll be moving up the, the C list. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that, I'm, that I'm actually interested to think to hear what you have to hear about, um, say about her new film, High Life, because that's coming out later this yes, year. Yes, right? but it played at TIFF last year, and when you talk about her um, doing different things and having distinct, things, it's uh, 
it's one definitely that you'll have a lot to talk about. That's, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. When it, yeah, just before it comes out, we, <laughs> we'll have fun. But like I said, maybe we can, you know, touch on the retrospective oh, yeah. as it happens. It's happening all month. So so that's uh, that's Claire, to, um, Claire Denis and Beau Travail. Oh, uh, it, show, it has one night only at, uh, at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. And finally, there was this documentary that's going to play on CBC Docs POV tomorrow. So if you choose not to go out, <laughs> or you go out to other films, and then you're home by 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, uh, tomorrow, Friday, March the 8th, CBC Docs POV is showing uh, a documentary called Year of the Gun by writer-director Mark DeGuerre. And it's a really powerful examination of the root causes and impact of increased gun violence in Toronto. It, it, it shows how it starts with the premise that, that 2018 was, um, in terms of records. Yeah, based, based on the numbers, it was the, the highest for gun-related violence in the, the city. I think it was like 420. Four incidences on on record. Yeah, in the eighteen month, um, sorry, in the, the twelve tw- month mm-hmm. period, that it's the highest ever recorded in the city. Yeah, and the film it it shows you how it got to that point. Like, there's numerous factors that the film um, touches on, and it's definitely a a conversation starter. It's going to be on CBC tomorrow night at nine p.m. So set your PVRs. That. That's it. There you go. All right. Well, that's a lot. That's enough to keep you guys busy, to keep us busy. So have a great week, and we'll catch you next week.